Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis. And today we're going to talk about a real complicated topic, and not complicated for some, but you know, when you're working in physical therapy and doing general practice, uh, you know, a, you might be doing family practice, that type of thing. And you see these people with lower leg pain, okay, from the knee down, getting a lot of discomfort. And we see this in different people with different ages. Um, but today we're going to be talking about chronic exertional compartment syndrome. And these are very tough to evaluate. They're very tough to treat. And um, like I said, you know, usually you see this in very active individuals. Unfortunately, these individuals don't like to slow down too much, and they can be the most difficult to treat. And so um, with that in mind, uh, you know, before we get started, I want to uh, just uh, take a second here and uh, get a word from our sponsors. So just hold on with us, and uh, we'll be right back with you. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ortho Valpal podcast. Now, uh, we're going to be talking about chronic exertional pain syndrome or compartment syndrome. And um, this is, you know, kind of rare, but often missed. And and many times people will be diagnosed with, you know, muscle cramps, Charlie horses, um, and, and something to that uh, effect. And, and so what happens is, you know, most people will, will say, well, you know, take some, eat some bananas, drink some water, uh, have some magnesium, and uh, that'll take care of your quote unquote, you know, calf cramping. Um, but what happens is, you know, we see these uh, compartment syndromes in, in cross-country skiers, uh, cross-country runners and runners in general. And you usually see this in active individuals. If somebody comes to you and says, I have a lot of cramping at night when I go to bed or I wake up and, and uh, my, I have Charlie horses in my calves, those are generally not your, your you know, a heavy athlete who is is working hard and exercising all the time. Um, you know, those folks are having some calf tightness issues. Um, that's usually the cause to Charlie horses. Um, but people who have chronic exertional compartment syndrome will will get this bilaterally. You'll have it basically in the calf muscles. Uh, it could be lateral calf, posterior calf. Sometimes you can get some anterior um, shin pain with this, and it can look like shin splints, but it's not really shin splints. Um, it's usually bilateral. You usually see this in males more than females. Oftentimes, you'll get paresthesias into the foot or into the toes, um, but they don't generally follow a particular dermatome like an isolated nerve root compression problem would, would cause. Um, oftentimes, you'll see some foot drop, okay, or some dorsiflexion weakness. When they're walking, um, they're going to have a hard time holding that foot up, and they'll hear themselves slapping, especially after a, a, a lot of activity. 
I saw this in my son and I saw this in a lot of uh, other athletes um, who did cross-country skiing, um, especially in northern Maine. That is a sport that's very, very prevalent up here. And uh, they work very, very hard, okay? And um, so we, we tend to see this with people who have flat feet. We see this in um, people who do cross-country skiing, more so skate skiing than those who do classic skiing, okay? And there's a reason for that. Um, there's an excessive um, eversion component of the foot and ankle that causes that lateral compartment to compress and to, to get enlarged and hypertrophied. When it becomes hypertrophied, it causes a lot of ischemia. This is a blood flow just doesn't get into the leg very well, and you get a lot of compression, Okay. They usually describe this as a severe aching discomfort, okay? They'll notice some weakness, inability to pull the toes up or pull the tips of the skis up, um, and they'll hear this foot slapping. They get done this hard, hard exertion, okay? There's this hard exercise, usually of the legs, and they'll be writhing in pain. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't put ice on it. You can't stretch it out. You can't massage it out. It doesn't make a difference. It takes about an hour or so and it finally settles down. Okay. Just progressively just kicking back and, and, and letting them rest. Um, you'll see this more in people with Pez planus. They'll complain of their calves getting really, really, really hard, um, when this happens. And, um, it can be very debilitating. It could be a game changer, especially for aggressive athletes. Um, so something that's very, very, um, hard to identify. Now, you need to make sure of a couple things. Make sure they don't have shin splints or medial tibial stress syndrome. And uh, we'll be doing a talk about that. You need to make sure they don't have a radiculopathy coming from the back, causing them lower leg pain. Uh, and you need to make sure they don't have some sort of a popliteal artery occlusion. Um, but the popliteal artery occlusion will happen with a non-weight-bearing activity. So if they have an occlusion there, just like having a crimped gas line in your car, um, your engine is not getting gasoline to it, so therefore it's not going to run well. Well, a, a popliteal artery occlusion will present like that. Uh, and, and so just putting them on a bike will cause these symptoms in the legs um, and some ischemia there. But this is different. Now, how do you identify if somebody has a compartment syndrome? Well, you know, usually it's a diagnosis of exclusion. Uh, they've had x-rays, they've had MRIs, um, and they've gone through massage, therapy, acupuncture, dry needling. They'll do, they'll, they'll, they'll undergo all kinds of treatment to no avail most of the time. And it can take a long time. It could take a year to two years before they identify what the problem is. Um, but identifying it early can make a difference. Um, and really the gold standard to identifying if somebody truly has uh, a chronic exertional compartment syndrome or CECS um, is intra intracompartmental uh, pressure testing. So they basically take a needle, put it in the compartments and see what the pressures are. Um, usually you do this before exercise and you do it a minute after exercise and then five minutes after exercise to see what the pressures are. Now, it's not technical that you understand how to do this test. It's really more important that you identify the compartment syndrome and you know what to do with it when you see it. Okay. So as far as conservative management or treatment of compartment syndrome, one of the things that I find works well are orthotics. Okay. You need to support that medial arch. When the medial arch collapses as much as it does, 
the anterior tib muscle has to work eccentrically really hard. The posterior tib muscle has to work eccentrically. The soleus has to work really hard um, eccentrically to help control the heel from going into calcaneal valgus. All right. So all these muscles are working really hard. And so putting them into an orthotic with good heel cupping um, to prevent that heel from rocking too much and then supporting the medial arch can prevent a lot of this eccentric loading. Okay. Working on strengthening uh, of the hip abductors so that the knees don't collapse inward to contribute to this, all right? The other thing that um, we like to do is, is work on hip external rotation and also um, do a lot of calf flexibility. I really am a big advocate of optimizing gastroxoleus flexibility. Um, that seems to be a game changer for these people. Something else that I have tried, and I basically tried this, you know, like 10 years ago on a patient, and I was just experimenting. I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna give this a twirl because we were just kind of uh, hitting a dead end with this patient. She was able to walk six miles a day every day, and all of a sudden, within the course of a month, just couldn't even get a mile in and had this severe aching in her legs, foot drop, paresthesias, the calves would get hard, all the classic signs of compartment syndrome. We put her in some real heavy compression stockings, um, and... Um, um, did excellent. Like the next day was able to go three to four miles. And then it wasn't but a couple days after that was able to get back up to five and six miles. So we do put people in compression stockings. Seems like if we can prevent um, the hypertrophy from happening and prevent the excessive swelling that comes with that, um, then that can be somewhat helpful. Now, um, something else that, that could also be beneficial is midfoot running. So if you're a runner and you have compartment syndrome, Taking um, the heel strike out of the picture so all these other muscles don't have to eccentrically load so much can be helpful. Midfoot running can be very difficult. You need to train. Um, I would do a lot of research on that. We do train some of the people in our clinic on how to do that. And we see a pretty immediate change in how they feel, not only with shin splints, but with compartment syndrome. Um and then the other thing I look at is their shoe. Okay, what type of shoe are they wearing? If they are a runner, let's say, um, and they are developing some compartment syndrome, maybe out on hard surfaces, take a look, see, ask them when the compartment syndrome started or when the symptoms started and ask them about new shoe wear. If you are a light-bodied person, with a very aggressive heel, a hard heel, that foot is going to plant our flex really fast. And then you need to control that foot from slapping. Um, and therefore you're working eccentrically really hard to prevent that from happening. So what I do with people with compartment syndrome, um, or shin splints is I put them into an old sneaker, something that has a broken down heel. And I ask them to go out there and run again. And if they do, and they have an immediate change in their symptoms, it tells me that it's the hardness of the shoe that is causing them to plantar flex too quickly. Um, and, and, and therefore you can kind of manage this by slowing them down. Oftentimes significant amount of rest is what they need. Um, and if doing all of this work, you know, uh, and, and you can do anything conservative if you're into dry needling or if you're into soft tissue mobilization, you can try all those things. We have tried all those things. Um, don't usually have very good success with that. Um, usually this is a biomechanical issue. So if you change the biomechanics, you can usually help those people. Um, but if you don't succeed conservatively, then what you want to do is you want to make sure that um, 
you, 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 you know, consult with a physician who has seen a lot of these, you know, preferably a, a sports physician or somebody who does a lot of lower extremity work, they may consider a surgical fasciotomy. And um, I've seen people who have had this done and uh, with good success. So, um, you know, post fasciotomy, they've got to rest a little bit, get that leg elevated, make sure the swelling doesn't settle in that leg. They need to make sure they don't scar back down. So early therapy after a fasciotomy uh, is important also. So, um, you know, again, some of the conservative things, orthotics, calf flexibility, um, having a good uh, uh, medial arch supporters, uh, a soft-soled, uh, soft-heeled uh, sneaker might be a little bit better, um, and then uh, modification of activity. Um, can be very helpful. So if you want to take a, a peek at a, a video of a patient that I have that I had who uh, had a um, chronic exertional compartment syndrome, um, please make sure that you uh, check out the links on the bottom of this page and uh, you can uh, click on the link. You'll see this video and see how we managed it. I actually had a patient um, come in and we uh, videotaped him before, videotaped him after. You can see where the uh, foot becomes really pale after. That's another sign. They're not getting great blood supply uh, down into the foot. They develop a foot slap and uh, some uh, paresthesias. And uh, this is a really uh, good one to watch. And so uh, make sure you check that out. And um, also, uh, if you are uh, having any questions regarding any of this stuff, please feel free to contact me at orthoevalpal.com. Go to our Get in Touch page. And um, when you go to the podcast, make sure you um, click on the title and that'll take you to the page that allows you to uh, check in and uh, sign up for our newsletter so that you get all this great information as soon as it comes out. Uh, and make sure, again, you uh, check out our YouTube page because we have some uh, videos coming out on a weekly basis. So again, um, folks, my name is Paul Marquis. I'm a physical therapist and uh, I'm here uh, representing uh, OrthoEvalPal. I hope you're enjoying the content and uh, I hope you have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.